welcome back to another episode of the Perception Coach podcast with me, John Prince. We're going to be diving in, shifting perspectives so that you can love who you are, find meaning in what you do, and really tap into your full potential in life. Let's get into today's episode. Today's guest is Toby Lewis, fresh from winning $1.2 million in the Win Millions Poker Tournament in Las Vegas three weeks ago. Toby's a professional poker player with 7.7 million in live tournament earnings, including a European poker tour win, an Aussie Millions main event win, and he won his EPT title before he was 21 years old. We went to Vegas and I remember Toby couldn't even go at that point. Um, that he'd won 467,000 euros on a final table where he defeated players, including Teddy Sheringham and top UK pro Sam Trickett. Toby's had an incredible career, and I like to think of him as an old head on young shoulders. He's known as eight ton of clubs online where he's won millions more. Me and Toby go way back. He's been a close friend of mine for years now. We lived together in London Bridge for a few years while we both played poker professionally. And I know him well, and I've learned a great deal from him. And I'm really looking forward to diving deeper today and, and sharing those insights with you. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much. That, quite the introduction. Well, wow. So, um, yeah. How are you doing? How was the win? And um, how did you celebrate? That's what I want to know. The win was a good win. Uh, <laughs> at the win. At the win. Uh, how did I celebrate? We, it was kind of late once we uh, finished. It was already like 10.30 or something. A uh, couple friends, a few drinks, a couple cigars, you know. Old school. Yeah, no, no, uh, nothing too crazy. We, uh, there, there was some debauchery in there, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Very nice. And, um, yeah, how was the tournament? We, we spoke a little bit before we, we jumped on and started the, the podcast today. Um, yeah, how was, how was the tournament? How did you play? What was it like? I mean, it's just a, a marathon tournament. So after getting through day one, which is obviously probably the most boring part, like you're not near the money, it's hard to run up a big stack. But I managed to get like five starting stacks through day one, which was a pretty big deal. And uh, then I had a couple of days off. So I was kind of happy about that. So that was a nice start. And I, I, it just went pretty smoothly all the way through, to be honest. Um, made some good hands, got paid off. Got some bluffs through here and there, um, and nothing like nothing too crazy in terms of ups and downs, which is basically um, exactly what you want in the, in these big tournaments. But you know the the days are long and ninety minute levels from day two onwards, so it's definitely more of a marathon than a sprint. And so my mindset was very, um, I'm here to stay and and like dedicate my whole day to this. So. Yeah, um, I, I I wasn't. I was going to make it hard for them to get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, we we were speaking before, and you were saying that you you felt really focused throughout the tournament. And um, how did you manage to stay focused when those days are really long and you're playing day after day after day? It can be really tiring. Well, I don't really play that much poker anymore, so I've decided that when I do is I'm going to, you know, be 100% and make sure that I give it everything. 
thing. And especially like big tournaments like this, like it's a 10K, $10 million guarantee. Like I knew it was going to be a big tournament and like fun and get your adrenaline going. So to get to get a stack and get through to like, you know, day three, four or whatever of this tournament would be so much fun. Um, so I just made sure that, you know, I wanted to be there. I like, I haven't played a tournament since, you know, so it's, uh, the next one that I play, I'll make, I'll make sure that I'm like, I want to be there, you know? And I think as long as you're ready to, to play and sort of go to war and battle, then that's half the, half the, half the battle sometimes, you know? Yeah, so so just really making that commitment to show up and um, putting the effort while you're there, especially if you're not playing that much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, certainly, like, I made sure that I was, like, sleeping a little better or trying to anyway, or at least, like, relaxing. And then I would start my mornings, you know, make sure I get some breakfast, make sure I get my coffee, whatever my morning routine is that, make sure that I'm like come noon when the tournament restarted I was like happy and ready to go and had all my business sorted outside of you know it for normal life that day yeah so do you find is that you take care of all those other things so you don't have things in the back of your mind like draining your attention and and do you kind of do you have a set breakfast or coffee or kind of routine or ritual that you go through or something that gives you that sense of familiarity i mean as you as you know you know me pretty well mm-hmm. obviously routine's not really my thing but like certainly like i like to have some food in me and not too much and i like to drink a lot of coffee so i made sure that you know i went to my favorite spot most mornings here in vegas um and just tried to make sure that I didn't have anything that I needed to do during the tournament. So any, anything, either, even just with, like with my girlfriend, like she knows like not to message me during the tournament. Like that's just a thing that we've worked out that like, I don't really like to deal with stuff in between playing poker. And that's, it works really well. Cause she, you know, she honors that um, or, you know, just answering phone calls or, or whatever, or answering emails, like just, things that you don't want to have to do when you're in yeah. battle mode. Yeah. I think it's, it's great that you're communicating that and, you know, setting those boundaries so that, you know, you're not in and having to, to message and focus on different things when you're focused on the one task of playing and, and being distracted. Um, and I know you mentioned, you know, not, not being on your phone that much. Um, how would you find, find that had an impact on your focus and concentration? I mean, it certainly helps a lot, I think, because you see people sat there around the table and they're all sat there on their phone 100% of the time. And don't get me wrong, I, I, it's not that like it's a rule that I'm not on my phone. I, I, I am sometimes. It's just, you know, you get a 10-minute break every couple of hours so you can you can check, check in on things then if you need to or if you need to send a, a quick message here and there. That's no, It's no big deal. It's not like a... a a strict rule of mine i just think that especially playing live poker there's so many um there's so much free information out there that people are giving away and i've been playing poker long enough live now that i can see some of those things and honestly like it it probably 
created a lot. I mean, I would, I don't think, I think it changed the outcome of the tournament for me. I, I'll put it that way. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. So it's, it's taking these edges really. And um, yeah, I, I noticed, you know, people are very distracted and there's so much information that you can miss. And I think also it's more that, you know, when if you're answering a message, it's like you're opening a, a task that needs solving. It might be replying to somebody or thinking about something that you need to sort later. And it's all background attention that the brain is working out rather than you get all that stuff sorted before you sit down and you play. And then you've got all that energy and attention to be focused on one task. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. True. I think that, it took a long time obviously for me to like understand that that's what I needed. That was my process, you know, like I need to be able to commit hundred percent to being in that place one day. Like I, I've definitely entered tournaments before where I'm just like, Oh, I kind of hope I'm out in the next couple hours so I can go and get on the golf course or yeah. go and have a drink, a drink with some friends or whatever, rather than, okay, I'm here to stay. Like let's get through these next few days however long it is and enjoy ourselves afterwards yeah yeah so it's it's kind of it is definitely a mindset and a focus going in for sure um yeah what i'd love to to chat with you a little bit about is you know you've had an extremely successful uh, career in in poker and i'd love to just take things back a little bit and look at what it was like for you starting out you know starting with nothing i was introduced to you a couple of years after you started playing poker by friends you know martin and um bobby and before that you know you started on the grind what got you into poker um when did the the passion for it begin and and what was it like kind of building out from nothing i mean it was a lot of fun I think um, it was different back then to how it is now where like there wasn't really any staking or anything like that. So you had to, um, you had to grind from, you know, zero to something all on your own, which I actually am very grateful for because obviously we know how staking deals work. They're, they're, they're difficult for all parties involved most of the time. Um, but for, for me, I was just like addicted. Well, I guess yeah, I was probably addicted to playing and and trying to run up my role. I woke up every day with that fire in my belly of just like trying to go from a five k role to a ten k role, or ten k role to a twenty k role, whatever. And um, it just didn't waver until probably I mean from like seventeen, eighteen to twenty five. I don't think I I woke up at one morning without having that feeling of the hunger of trying to win another tournament or increase my bankrolls so that I could play a bigger tournament or whatever it was, you know, or a cash game or whatever. Um, I mean, things changed a little bit these days, of course, because poker's just like, I mean, back then I could just go and play like, you know, 10, 10 K's worth of buy-ins and, and every day. And, you know, your expectation was, a lot more than that back then whereas now you have to be a lot more calculated and uh risk adverse i would say whereas like back then you couldn't really you couldn't really gamble hard enough <laughs> yeah so the games were really good there was a lot of opportunities and there was you know i remember when i was playing you could start 
in the small stakes and there was like a, a ladder where you could move up if you got better and your bankroll grew, you could play bigger stakes. And I know it's a lot more challenging now. Um, when you were so driven and, you know, hungry for it, what was what were you what was your main focus that was driving that was it getting better at the game was it building that bankroll and having the financial reward and the freedom that comes with it what was it focusing what was the main focus for you um i think it was getting better at the game and like evolving my strategy to try and like be better than other people basically like i'm very competitive yeah um in every form of life you know we've played sports together or whatever sure. and uh it's that's just like a you know an, a, ge- a genetic um part of me that is very competitive probably to a fault sometimes but um i think definitely like searching for a better life you know i, I didn't like have nothing growing up but we didn't have like too much uh spare cash so definitely wanting more from my life than um my parents had I, I i would say was a big driving factor and just like wanting to climb the rankings or whatever it was back then we had like pocket fives rankings or just like yeah. career money earnings or all of that stuff drove me back then to just continue to play every day and travel around the world and and i mean it was just like a whirlwind that i didn't really consider how cool it was until um you sit back afterwards and you have a few months at home and it's like okay it's a lot calmer now than it was back then yeah so just to, to paint the picture for for people that are listening you know you're you're 18 19 20 and you're traveling around europe traveling around the world playing poker playing in tournaments with buy-ins of 5k 10k dollars and euros and pounds um on a regular basis and and con- like traveling around a lot um and kind of living that life um it's quite it's very it can seem quite normal when you're in it but to somebody from the outside looking at it it's almost like this james bond style life really i mean yeah when you look back at it now and you consider like how how my 18th 19th 20th years were compared to your average kid there's certainly certainly out there um but i wouldn't change it for the world i certainly grew up pretty fast and i had to because you know money management and i won that tournament um at the age of you told me 20 i guess right yeah i remember it was just before we went to vegas and we were you know, 19 20 yeah um so like obviously just like having that amount of money hit your bank account and like not knowing what to do with it you have to I certainly lost a lot back to start with but um I don't know what what number it was that I was like oh, I'm done losing now yeah <laughs> or done done being an idiot staying in five-star hotels like let's just like get back to basics and um grind it out again but it was just I mean so many good life experiences as well just like traveling around the world you learn so much so fast i feel like um all of that stuff just like helps morph you into who you are in later in life you know yeah and and at that point when you were traveling around there was 
you know, a whole group of you going round um, of lots of successful UK players. Um, you know, Craig McCorkle, Jake Cody, Chris Brammer, um, Danny Rudd, like lots of these different guys. And how, what was that like in terms of, did you learn from them sharing strategies? Did that impact the level of success that each of you had? Yeah, no, that was a huge part of it. I mean, even going back to when I first started playing poker, I had a couple guys that I spoke to um, and just like kept asking questions and like kept delving into their thought processes behind poker and basically like trying to adapt those into my game or the, you know, what I thought were the best parts of each of their games into my game or just using or being open to other people's thoughts basically because you know as much as i mean especially nowadays where poker's somewhat solved in quotation marks um live poker is in that sense because people are just like are di they're diverting so far from the optimal strategy that like you need to like divert so far from the optimal strategy that like it's kind of you know either you do that or or in fact, like you're negating a lot of your edge if you if you continue with your quote unquote optimal strategy, you know. So yeah. back then, I think it was a lot of like we we cared less about uh, the longer term aspects of like being balanced and all of that uh, side of it, and more about specifics on players and you know sizing and all, all kinds of stuff like that. I can't think about specifics right now but that all uh was stuff that we'd spoke about you know during playing poker and like outside of it as well kind of just lived and breathed it for a long time and was it kind of like a, a just an open book of sharing strategy between all of you and did you have kind of sit down and go through hands and and share that or you know was there a competitive element between you of like wanting to battle out and be better or was there like a team element of let's kind of pitch in and see how good we can all get i think it was kind of every all of those things yeah um back then because people definitely i mean we I, i'm glad it's not the case now but we must have been terrible to like sit and have dinner with back then if you weren't in into poker as much as we were because I mean, it, it must have been torturous, just constant like hand histories or co constant like chat mm -hmm. about uh, different poker theories. Um, but I think that um, people were very open to, to sharing stuff, but also very competitive where you wanted to do better than your friends as well. So it was kind mm -hmm. of a, a weird situation with that sometimes where you wanted to, uh chat and make sure you gave like good responses because you want to receive good responses but also um make sure that you you try and have an edge over your uh your friend still which was yeah it's a weird thing to think about now it's not very often people are com competing against their uh workmates yeah. in that sense yeah so you're you're helping each other out, but you're you're kind of got this competitive edge that's driving you all at the same time. And what did you did you find you'd share 
hands where perhaps you've made a mistake and it might mean sharing it with friends and kind of exposing a flaw in your game in order to get better was that something you were open to doing or I mean I, I certainly think that um I cared way too much about making mistakes back then um and like looking silly yeah. whereas like now I just like do whatever I want basically and if it's a mistake I don't really care anymore what, <laughs> because what, what was the change that, like what shifted from caring about those mistakes to now just being able to to do that and not be too worried about looking silly I mean obviously it helps when you know that you've won a lot of tournaments and like gone deep a lot so I know that like what I do like my theory and thought process is it works for me yeah so I'm quite I'm kind of like at peace with like how I uh, how I um process all the information now which I was less uh sure of back then because you know obviously we're all still learning the game even now but I've just I've been around and like heard so many theories and played so many hands more than I'd had back then and just like in life in general as well when you're in your early 20s like I'm 31 now I, I'm just like way happier in my own in my own head you know like I know I know what I like and what I don't like a lot more than what I did when I was 21 or yeah you know. And you I'm, kind of you're, you're told what you like and what you don't like yeah you kind of you get to this point where you do grow up and the older you get the less you do care um you go through a phase i found for me anyway where you know it was all about caring what people thought of me when i was growing up and then you reach a point where you realize that and then go through this transition where you see how much that's holding you back from being yourself and taking more risks right and and doing things where you might look silly but they can have some great payoffs and, and take you in new directions um, of where you want to go. And what about, we, we, we were speaking before actually about execution, right? And playing and the amount of volume you've had to play, you know, you were putting in for a long, long time, probably those seven years, like how many hours a day, every day? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was a lot. I probably played like, What's a reasonable amount? I probably played 60 hours a week for seven years or something like that. That's insane, right? So yeah. it's a it's a lot of hours. Um, couple of things that I'm super curious about. Like, one is how much do, would you say you balance like studying the game versus playing and executing? And two, how did you keep going without kind of burning out? Um, I, well, I think firstly, my studying, I, I always cared about strategy, but like I cared less about like optimal strategy until, um, I don't know, even as late as like 2017 or 2018, I think, where like I realized that, you know, I was probably just not aware enough of some, even just pre-flop stuff, you know. Yeah. um the the some of the most basic stuff so i did uh, i did a lot of work um around that time and like make sure i dedicated a few months to to really like improving my my theory part of the game 
that had evolved so much since you know 2012 or whatever and then what was your second question i forgot and second one was how did you avoid burnout like playing those long hours i think um having the option to play live and online back then was like a big thing where um i could like play a few days online and then wake up one morning and go and play live if i wanted to or you know go and travel and play a tournament or and having that um option was i think helped a lot also just traveling and seeing new places was always exciting yeah um so that variety and that yeah the with the variety uh just meeting new people making new friends and obviously since you know 25 26 whatever just having more uh balance in your life like making i play poker less now but if i tried to play poker 60 hours a week i'd want to kill myself probably <laughs> right yeah you know my, i i wouldn't i probably would lose a lot more or not lose but i would probably not win it nearly as much as i could if i played 20 hours a week now just because you know that's how i want to play poker these days yeah and how what's it what's it kind of been like for you balancing like when you're playing and then having downtime when you switch off i think it's one of the things i noticed when we lived together was it seemed to me that you were able to play and you put in these really long hours and play lots but then when you switch off it was like you could just switch off and then relax and watch some tv or go and play some sports or watch some sports were you able to kind of fully switch off or? I think that's, uh, you kind of need to, because otherwise like your brain's just like on overload. So I don't know when I was able to process that stuff better, but there were, I, there must've been a point where um, I was like, you know, you need to just like turn the computer off and, and leave it and don't go back until you're ready to play and like commit fully to, to doing it again. Kind of like going back to like what I was saying about playing poker now, where I'm not going to do it now unless I want to be there and play, um, which is luckily, lucky for me, I, like I'm in a good financial situation that I don't have to, so mm -hmm. I can wait longer. Um, obviously not everybody's in that situation, but forcing yourself to play, yeah, I can't imagine brings many good results for a lot of people. So mm -hmm. like having you know everyone's going to be different in this situation but for me i can't play poker every day anymore whereas you know 10 years ago i wanted to and like it was good for me to do that yeah and that's just like part of the process of knowing and being more open with yourself on like what what's best for you um yeah i think, I think that's all i have on that one yeah so it's like you know, what I'm getting is you, you just loved it and there was that massive drive. And so it wasn't like you, you felt like you had to play. It's like you're just doing something you really enjoy. And at that point, it doesn't feel like you're forced. So you can enjoy it. And then later on, when you reach points where it feels like you have to play, you can just take a break and then wait for that hunger to, to come back before you jump in again. I mean, it, it certainly wasn't even close to being a job for a long time. Yeah. In terms of yeah. like, you wake up and you're not, excited about going to work which a lot of people feel that that pain you know yeah um and it's not like i 
like when I woke up after playing this this wind tournament, I was excited to go and play that day, which is a good a good feeling, of course. But like if I tried to go and play like a tournament every day for the next month, I'd be hating it after a while. I know I would yeah. because mm-hmm. I've done, I tried to do it like a few years ago and my results were bad. But that's just my process, you know. Some people can like compartmentalize that better than others. Um, I think it's just you evolve and develop, and as long as you you're aware of what's good for you and what's bad for you, and like you can process that, that's the biggest part. And then obviously sticking to it afterwards as well, not having the urge to just like go and play just because there's a good tournament with a bunch of fish in it or whatever it's like yeah doesn't matter if you don't want to be there you're not going to do well yeah so the more you want to be there the more excited you are about it <clears throat> the more focused you're going to be the better you're going to perform versus then just feeling forced which isn't it's just not a great feeling right um what about how have you kind of maintained confidence over long periods of time and have you had spells where your confidence has been knocked or you had to bounce back for sure i think everyone does that i mean poker is very humbling where like one day you think you're the best and then the next day you're the worst again i play a lot of golf as you know and golf's kind of similar to that in that respect where you stand on the first day one day and you feel like you're tiger woods and then the next Mm -hmm. day you stand there and you feel like you're playing with the wrong hand yeah. And not really much has changed. <laughs> it's just, you know, the way the wind's blowing that day. And I think poker's kind of the same. Like, you win a couple of flips and you feel like, yeah, I'm really good at this game. You lose a couple and you're like, oh, God. Cute, you question why you're even there playing. But what, you what? just have to remember, like, I, I've had good results over a long time and you just try and dig deep and remember in those spots that what I'm doing is correct for me because I've had those results over an extended period. So just stick with it and it will come good eventually. And just like, you have to just remember that like you are going to lose for an extended period, especially playing like big field MTTs. Like I, that was, you know, what I've specialized in. Yeah. Cause you, you know, there are players that go, a very long time without winning anything um and then all of a sudden all that good luck comes at once um and and it can can go that way as well um so what what about have you do you ever experience kind of fear of failure i don't think now no um but definitely when i was younger i i did i think um I think that just goes back to what I was just saying before. Like, it's just, you you just have that more self-belief and my process is more set in stone now than it it ever has been. And I I just, I know what what I'm doing is correct now. Um, Whereas before, I was always evolving still and trying to develop that strategy or develop a new a new skill set all the time um was there anything that helped you particularly 
in the earlier days when you didn't have the results to prove, you know, that you're a successful player and a winning player, as you were building that out, was there anything you did that you focused on or perhaps any um, strategies that you applied or little rituals that were able to kind of help you get through some of the setbacks and keep going and, and um, believing in yourself, even when maybe you don't have those results at that point? Um, I mean, I think like I was a genuine like addict, like I, I just like had to play poker every day. So I think yeah. that, that, that kind of helped in a way that I never really gave myself time to worry about the losing part. Cause I was just like, I need to like suppress this urge again. I need to play more poker. Um, and so I didn't care as much about the losing part. I was just like, the more I play, the the I'll I'll get it back, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, just winning, like you, you just remember those moments when you win a live tournament, or the, I mean, it just doesn't happen very often, or or you win an online tournament, and you just try and bottle that feeling up, and and call on that when you need to. Yeah. So thinking of those moments when it has gone well, rather than the times it hasn't, and then knowing, you know, you put you were putting in insane amounts of volume, um, and that's going to give you the opportunity to get back in the mix. Because, you know, we love to see this linear line of everything going well over time, but you can go through periods where it doesn't happen. Um, you know, and I think we, we joke about you, you know, being lucky at points as well, right? And even there was a time in, I remember I was in Vegas and I had what, my pair of lucky pants that I would wash every day in the main event and pop back on. Um, and they were ones that I got from you at one point where you'd order these pants and they come through and you didn't want them and you were going to ship them <laughs> off. And I was like, no, nah, they're sweet. I'm having them. And um, they became my lucky pants. And I remember um, being in Vegas and someone was like, what are you on about? You got a lucky pair of pants. And I said, I got them from Toby. And they were like, oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. Like <laughs> get it. But I've seen, I've seen that, that work ethic that gets you into the spots where you're able to get opportunities to get lucky. Right. And that takes execution. And in terms of like, what's your, what are your thoughts on execution versus practice, practicing and studying and, you know, the balance between the, the two. Well, I do think that uh, there obviously is a lot, a lot of luck involved, but you do, like you were alluding to before, you do need to like put yourself in that spot. And I, just like most people that have done well in poker, you have to like be somewhat degenerate and like gamble pretty hard sometimes on yourself. And I did that so many times, but I also didn't sometimes as well when I didn't think it was as good a spot. So it wasn't like I couldn't control the addiction. I could. And that's the probably one of the biggest things that I, if I saw a good spot and I thought it was a good spot, I would go hard. But I didn't, if I didn't, if I wasn't sure about it as well, which is quite um, a difficult thing for a lot of people to process, I think, in their heads with... Um, being, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but just like 
knowing when you're in a good spot and and going all in on that spot um and trusting that like what you've done before will will create more opportunity for you in the future um what was the second part of that I, I can't remember what it was but what, what I did want to ask you on, on that was um when you know I know you're you are someone who trusts yourself and and backs yourself to make the right plays and decisions and you sometimes call yourself a field player where you can you know listen to your own intuition that are there times where you you doubt that or is that something that has been pretty solid for you and you've built up by trusting loads over time and the more you do it the more that fuels it what's how what do you kind of think about when you think about trusting yourself right oh yeah you were talking about execution um for sure that definitely like that field player uh thing the thing is like you have to make a lot of mistakes and i did make a lot of mistakes but it's learning from those mistakes or learning from other people's mistakes which i did well i think so i saw friends of mine buy crazy fast cars and like think that was a fun idea to go and like spend half their bankroll on a lamborghini and i was like six months later they had to sell it for a 30 percent loss because they needed mm-hmm. more money to add to their bankroll again so i managed to learn from their mistakes in those sense where i didn't do that or um just like mistakes people made like at final tables or or whatever you know just like a bunch of different strategy things um and i think a lot of people need to make those mistakes themselves to then learn from them and i, I was actually quite lucky that i managed to learn from other people's mistakes before and and i didn't have to make them myself sometimes yeah. um which is i don't know where that comes from i think that's just a a thing that like as long you have to be like conscious of i guess and like try and make sure you're processing information in the right way and and um not try and jump too too many steps ahead basically like stay grounded in those situations yeah yeah especially when you're winning that amount of money and playing for that amount of money as well right you've played in in several tournaments where the buy-ins 50k buy-in or 100k buy-in what's it like playing at that level does the pressure change for you do you do you find that you play differently or what's it like i mean certainly these days i don't really play as as high stakes because the guys are just so good that i'm not studying hard enough that I, i don't think i can like have a big edge if any on them anymore mm-hmm. but um back then i was i was just pretty happy with how i processed uh how i was like going about playing poker and so similar to what i was saying about the win where like i i was invested in playing in the tournament for as long as possible like and trying to limit as many mistakes as as i could obviously you have to get lucky along the way or whatever, but focus has been a big thing for me throughout the years, just like making sure I take in as much information as it is, as is out there, free information, you know? Um, 
but obviously you just have to battle in a different way against you know 25k fields than you do against a a 3k wpt field or whatever is they're just it's a different beast um and you just have to be in battle mode and ready to ready to compete and fire it off if you need to or or be patient when you need to yeah and is it there anything that you kind of remind yourself to stay patient when you're not getting the hands or you get frustrated or perhaps you get bored is there do you find you get bored and and how you manage that if you do that's a big one that kind of comes up for a lot of people i see um i've definitely had that before i think just time off for me was a big one with that making sure that like i wanted to be there um but no i i think another thing that like i do well is that when i lose if i lose a big hand or something i just get back straight back to like how many big blinds do i have what's my plan from here like uh, like ready with the next hand because i've had it so many times in tournaments where like you go down to one big blind and like you're all three big blinds and you're out of the tournament it's like you're not out of the tournament mm. like when you're still in you're still in and like sure you might have had 150 bigs at one stage and now you only have 30 it's okay like as long as you're still in then you still have a chance and like you if you keep making the right decision over and over again things will things will come good it might not be in that tournament but like every every tournament in the future you you make the right decision in each situation then you'll get rewarded eventually yeah so it sounds like being really present right because i've seen it playing numerous times where someone's got a massive stack and then they lose a big hand and they let that hand impact what's happening next where they've gone from 100 big blinds down to 30 big blinds or 20 and which is a very playable stack and then all of a sudden because they're angry or annoyed they're just looking to punt it off and get out of the tournament and leave and they're forgetting that they're in a great spot it's just that they're comparing where they were five minutes ago to where they're at yeah for sure i mean i've definitely done that as well and i've punted off stacks because that's how you learn from the situation Mm. um don't get me wrong i've done it plenty of times but knowing you just have to remember that like this is like a long game like i've been playing poker for like 13 years now it's not this is not something that like one decision or one tournament is gonna like matter um for your whole 13 years that you've been playing poker like every decision you make if you keep making the right one you will be rewarded eventually it might not be tomorrow it might not be next week it might not be this year but eventually keep plugging away and you will yeah so if you enjoy it enough you've got the hunger you've got the dedication you're putting in the hours and you're executing enough and getting back out there and not giving too much time to focus on when it's not working out it will all kind of level out and if you're learning from your mistakes and other people's mistakes too then it can it will come it's just a a case of it's on its way right um what i'd love to ask you as well is what what would you see as essential elements of mindset when it comes to being successful in performance or in poker what what couple of attributes or concepts do you think are important for mindset or that have worked for you um i mean i think we mentioned it before it's just like knowing 
when to give 100% and when to switch off. Yeah. I think for me that that's the biggest part. Like whatever a certain person's process is to um, playing poker. But for me, I, I was always just like, I want to get all my business out of the way and even more so now and make sure that like my head's clear and I'm, I can dedicate all my time to playing poker. I've had that situation before where like, I've had like an ex-girlfriend blowing up my phone during a tournament and like, what's going on here? You know, like how are you supposed to like play properly? And uh, you just, eventually I realized that like, I can't, be in that situation anymore you know like so now my phone's silent and like i i look at it when i want to look at it and online is the same like i i was i used to look at my phone at 55 past the hour and not before because yeah. that was just i i worked out what what worked for me you know yeah so setting setting clear boundaries of when you're on and then when you're contactable and just the well, impact and just, of that. just the, the taking your attention away from what you're focusing on. Well, and being consistent and having the self-discipline to actually stick to that as well. Because a lot yeah. of people have the, uh, will think about doing that, but the execution part of it, which we mentioned before, is a lot harder because the message will go off in their pocket and they're like, yeah. oh, I have to look at this now or yeah. whatever, you know or they get like an Instagram ping or something. And it's like, no, like, don't worry. <laughs> it will still be there in 20 minutes when you, when your break hits or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's that fear of missing out that can really compound that. Um, and also that there's this, there's a concept in psychology called the Zygonic effect. And essentially it's when you open a loop, the brain can't rest until you close the loop. So when you get a message, even if it just says somebody's name, the brain just wants to, they want, wants closure to find out what that message is. It doesn't want to miss out. And so having something placed into our attention, especially if it's interrupting us, the brain deems it as urgent and wants to solve that problem. So if you take that out of the equation where you can't see it, you don't know it's happening. So it's not in your field of vision or attention and it's not going to impact you as much. Um, did you, did you set that is that you know for example setting those boundaries did you set it and then it just worked or was that a trial and error like it took a bit of time for you to implement that yeah of course i mean i don't really remember when like i can't like grasp along the timeline when those things like were bedded in but it's definitely trial and error all of it yeah. is just poker life in general is all trial and error you know you can't be fair you can't have fomo for everything because i mean just yeah i don't know you blow your brain up eventually um you just have to like make peace with some things you do correctly and some things you don't and like learn from those mistakes and learn from when things work as well try and process it as much as as you can um yeah so focusing on like those, I, I, on I, I i'm certainly not like the best poker player in the world but i, I am better than your average person at processing information and like having self-discipline enough to like um i think that's a big key part of like success when you aren't like i don't have anyone to answer to but myself you know so you have to have like be strict with yourself sometimes 
Is there anything that you put in place that helps you stay disciplined? Because I know that's something a lot of people struggle with. Um, no, I don't personally. I'm just... Is it you're naturally I'm, good at? I'm just lucky that I have like a strong mental... Um, I mean, I, I'm very stubborn as well. So that's... I guess that's a good thing in that sense where like I don't do things that I don't want to do. Yeah. And... I, I'm not forced into it. So the fear of missing out stuff doesn't apply for me as much as some people maybe, because if I don't want to do something, I just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when that kind of coincides really with the, when you're playing poker, you do it because you want to do it and you show up and you're excited and you enjoy it. Not I have to play or I'm forced to do it. Or I'm have to have to go to this event or I, I need to do this and you're being there and you don't want to do it. So when you do show up to things, you're doing it because you want to, you're going to be more motivated to do it. And I guess that would link with discipline, right? For sure. But obviously I did, I went through that process of turning up to things because I thought I had to turn up to them Yeah. and having bad results. So I went you through that process that. And, yeah. and learned that it was not right for me. So in actual sense, like my, I thought that like I couldn't miss out on this tournament because I was a winner in this tournament and I'm leaving money on the table, which is sure. If I'm leaving, you know, 20% in ROI on the table, that's fine. But the issue is that it, my ROI was negated a lot because I didn't want to be there. Right, so I was yeah, probably, yeah. I was probably a losing player in at some of those fields that I thought I was a big winner in because of that. Yeah. And there's probably people in their careers that are doing that. They're in a career that they don't want to do um they feel like they have to do it when they could be really talented at or really enjoy and love doing something else that they might not know that they could do right now sure but i mean change is like a big uh fear of a lot of people you know like is the grass going to be greener and some people just aren't willing to take that step into the unknown um so I don't know like where that came from that I was just like, okay, let's just go for it. And like, you know, whatever happens, happens because certainly in life, a lot of people I talk to are just like fearful of what might happen rather than just like going for it and then like dealing with the consequences afterwards. Yeah. So just in terms of what you focus on there, what, what do you focus on that takes you away from what might happen or that fear of, the unknown what do you focus on instead that allows you to have a better relationship with the unknown and move forward and take the risks that you have done and and also just be you know i see you as someone who's quite adaptable to change um yeah what what do you focus on that allows you to to do that well i think that a big part of it is like self-belief and knowing your process of what you're you're going through and being um there's definitely like some ego in there of course like to be successful mm -hmm. at anything you need like some sureness but also like n not too much where like you're arrogant um which is quite a fine line it is yeah um, I, I think having that a little bit is 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 useful it's kind, of, it's kind of hard to explain but basically just like being okay with being wrong 
and then enjoying when you're right and knowing how to process both parts of that information that's probably the biggest thing for me um i'm not like i know where where my poker is now i know like what i what i think and what i don't think but i also am more than happy to listen to someone who has let's just say like less uh less results than i do Mm -hmm. being being like strategically better than i am let's say like that isn't that isn't an issue for me it doesn't hurt my ego yeah so it's it's having a little bit of ego and i think that's probably what drives that competitive edge as well but then being able to put that aside when need be in order to listen to others take bits on from them and also admit when you're wrong for sure yeah and obviously just like learning from those mistakes as well that's the biggest part a lot of people think that you know they just got unlucky in some situation it's like no you probably just you you played badly and like think about what you did wrong so you don't do it again rather than oh i just got unlucky it's like okay that's how i would think about it so taking ownership over it definitely yeah definitely because there's nobody else to blame but yourself it's it's a lonely it's a lonely thing in a, in a way where you're the one that's making the decision nobody else is um of course you can get lucky and unlucky but you still often know your gut tells you whether you you've made the right decision or not yeah and lonely but also very empowering because if you're the only one that you're counting on you are the captain of your ship you get to drive things you can rely on yourself when it's going well but when it's not going well rather than looking to somebody else to solve it for you you can say well what am i going to do about it for sure i mean that's the it's probably the biggest blessing of playing a being a professional poker player is that you don't have to answer to anyone you can if you say you want to go here tomorrow it's like great i can do that like that's that's probably the biggest um, and best thing about working for yourself and having have, having nobody else to answer to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For and me it, anyway. It takes that self-discipline and self-responsibility in order to make those decisions and organize yourself in a way where, you know, you've got to get yourself to where you need to get to. Nobody else is going to do it. And um, certainly loving what you do will really help that as well. Um, cool. Right. So I've got, I've got one last question for you today. Mm -hmm. And that is if you could go back and see mini Toby, 12 year old you and give him a piece of advice or a couple of pieces of advice based on all your experience that you've had, what would you, what would you say to him? Um, what would I say to him? I mean, I would just, tell him to worry less about making mistakes because it took me a long time to not care about those things, you know? So like, just go, if there's a situation where it's, you know, a 50, 50, whether you should do this or you shouldn't do it. And if it's wrong, learn from it and don't worry about it. Just continue to develop as a person. Yeah, and, and those mistakes are the very thing that are going to help you develop, right? And um, 
Completely. As long as you use them correctly, yeah, I I think so. And would you? What would you say about what to do with mistakes and how to use them? Well, I think being able to like be logical and understand what I mean. I'm just talking like in in life general here, rather than just poker. But like, we all fuck up. Like, it's not that big a deal. Whereas, like, I cared way too much about fucking up before. And now it's just like, you fuck up. Okay, how do we, what do we do from here? Like, how do we make things better? Or how do we not do this again? You know, that stuff's in the past. Let's think about the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So rather than spending the whole time trying to prevent bad things from happening, just do what you need to do and trust yourself. And if bad things happen, you can use them to learn and get better. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think that's a great place to to wrap up today. So um, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a sensational conversation, which. Yeah. Excellent. I thought it might Thanks be. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Really appreciate it. And um, congrats again on your recent result. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks, mate. That's all we got time for today. What a cracker that episode was. If you've enjoyed it, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. You can go and rate the podcast over on iTunes. Uh, Really helps us out. Thanks for joining. We'll catch you soon.